1: So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: Hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Don't be, um, be cool. Call the show. I highly recommend and push for it. Anything that's on your mind we can talk about. Um, I'm a big fan of financial planning. And I get questions often from people who are like, what's a financial planner? Uh, I think commission-based advisors, especially tied towards... CFPs, the certification, are important. It requires them to adhere to what's called a fiduciary standard. So in theory, they have your best interest in mind. Um, It's a bit of a regulatory overreach. The industry could come up with a reasonable limit on commissions instead. Um, The fiduciary standard is becoming the law of the land in the United States. First for retirement plans, which are under the Department of Labor's jurisdiction, and eventually for every part of the financial services industry, I think that's a good thing, so that you don't get gouged. The commission side is ultimately lost, so it's all fee oriented. Um, the commission side, it ranged too much. In it's hurt people because the range is too much and because people can get set the range too widely. So it encouraged people who didn't have your best interests in mind. I remember starting this industry 20 plus years ago. I remember studying the industry 30 years ago and seeing like, if you wanted to buy a share of a hundred shares of Intel, you had to pay a $400 commission and the internet or just competition basically wiped that out. And that's a good thing. Um, there's still some little teeny tiny commissions depending on which brokerage you use, but in theory they should be tiny unless you're just like, I don't know. I'll I'll just do whatever. You tell me where to side. I'll just do whatever. That could, that could be a reality. Um, a little fees, a little commissions, yeah, there's a little bit of that going on, but it's really moved to a fee-based model, which is what regulators and legislators want you to do. That's already the law in England and in Australia, which, you know, Australia is a bunch of criminals, right? We all know that. It's an island of criminals. Like, if you were to write that down in a book, you'd be like, that's fascinating. Um... I don't know. I think that's just something again that we have to continually talk about and think about and push and uh try to, you know, put it all together. Should the United Kingdom stay a member of the European Union? That's an odd transition, I know. But that's going to be put in front of voters on June 23rd. And you look at the calendar today, dun, da 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 Thank you. It's May 23rd. So we got one month until those people with bad teeth and food that tastes pretty bland have to go to the polls and decide if they want to stay or not. Yeah, baby. The biggest thing ever to come out of the UK. Um, Will they stay or will they go? Should I stay or should I go? Right, 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 right. Um, and that's probably the song that's going through every English person's head, but probably not. It's probably like, ooh, what's going through my head? Ooh, I like Grey Poupon. And what? (laughs) You like what? Oh, forget about it. Um, so there is a real relationship between the friction with the EU and the European Union. No, not the EU and the European (laughs) Union. European Union and the UK. Good gosh, what did I do this weekend, right? At the heart of the voting matter for the UK, it's ultimately will their citizens, uh, do a cost benefit analysis? It's the benefit of being a part of the European Union worth, you know, the ultimate cost of its bureaucracy and policy mandates. There's some reasoned arguments out there on both sides pertaining to trade dynamics, defense, sovereignty, cultural identification, immigration control. Do you vote leave? Or do you vote stronger in? So, status quo is easy-pleasy. Easy-pleasy. Now, the greatest ramification in my mind, just sitting down and, and thinking about this a little bit in the sunshine this weekend, is the ramification of leaving. That heightens the sense of uncertainty. And we are a stock market and somewhat an economy that likes certainty. Presumably, the British pound of the euro would weaken. Risk premiums would go up. Global economic prospects would be called into question. That would all potentially benefit the dollar, but obviously not for the best of reasons. Dollar strength driven by risk aversion is not the same thing as dollar strength driven by dollar strength. Like, I want women to like me, but not because every guy's in the world's teeth are falling out. I want them to like me because... I want women to like me because I have, not because I have money, but because, oh, I just almost said that, didn't I? But because I'm a good guy. So I'm a good guy. I'm smart. I'm t- intelligent. I'm funny. I laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> but you don't want to be loved for the wrong reason. That's what exactly what would happen for the dollar. So... Weakness in the dollar has fortified a belief in the idea that economic and earnings growth would show some notable improvement in the second half of the year. There is some renewed strength out there. And the dollar driven by the safety trade now with, will Europe, you know, stay or will Europe go? Not Europe, UK, excuse me. So should the UK stay or should they go? My producer doesn't have. Should I stay or should I go? Going into break, I'm going to to the moon. <laughs> it's kind of like Hamlet and every other bad Shakespearean play. Which, for the record, many of his plays were awful. I know you're saying, are you just saying that? To say that? No, actually, I studied Shakespeare. Um, and there's only 23 ways to tell a story, mathematically. And I'm just going to say it: boring. To be or not to be, just get on with it, you whiner. Um, He's like a millennial. To be or not to be? I know you're saying that's a a bad, bad, bad stereotype of of millennials. No, it's true. And the whole mother thing in many of his plays, mother, son, too much for me. Too much for me. I never wanted to kill my dad. Uh, Readers of the great English playwright William Shakespeare the great, the renowned. I think William Shakespeare played in the NBA two seasons. And that was after he wrote Hamlet. You know, Hamlet was felled by a poisoned sword. So ultimately he wasn't meant to be like long for this world. Um, my sense is when it comes to the Brexit, which is just the world's worst stupid mashup of words on the referendum that the U.K. voters will ultimately elect. Will they or won't they? Um, it would be poison for the United States, ultimately, if they go, we want out, because it would make our dollar stronger for just the wrong reasons. We don't want that. Anyhow and anyway, best producer ever. Dun, da, da, da. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in air. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Should I stay or should I go Should I stay or should I go now Should I stay or should I
1: Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM
3: 1220 KDOW.
2: I would love to have the ability to be a rock star. And I don't have it. I'm shamefully bad. But that doesn't change the desire, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Hold the door. Hold the door. Um, I think there's a thought that I want to get out there, and this is kind of an odd place to do it, but if you're successful in life, I think you've already won the lottery. Chance events play a much larger role in life than a lot of people imagined. A lot of us have difficulty recognizing the luck when it's on display. And when someone wins a lottery, you go, woo. But randomness often plays a part in little subtle ways. It constructs narratives. It tells a story. It portrays success as having been inevitable. But oftentimes, you'll hear me on this show say, I'm really fortunate that I was born to, and I hate saying this, white parents who expected me to go to college. Um, And they did everything to put me in place to do that. So I think it's misleading to think that we're all born into equal opportunity and that we're all born into some scenarios that hard work pays off. Sometimes it's also luck. I was, I'm lucky to say that I was born on a coast, and that my father traveled, and he retired on a coast. Uh, if I was born in Iowa to a farmer, I probably would have ended up being a farmer. Uh, maybe I would have been Kevin Bacon from Footloose. Why, for the record? Okay, and this is just stuff that perplexes me. Angry Birds is a movie about birds and pigs, right? The pigs talk, the birds talk. Why in the world didn't Angry Birds use John Ham's voice for the pigs and Kevin Bacon's? Just as lark, it's funny, right? You would have gone oh, that's cute. I should be in charge of casting because I certainly, for the birds, would have put the most famous bird of all, Big Bird, as one of the voices of the birds. Um, so going back to luck and everything else, the Mona Lisa. You know that woman who's got that weird smile? Perhaps the most famous painting in the world. It wasn't really famous for a long, 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 long time. Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci's work was pushed into the spotlight in 1911 after it was stolen from the Louvre. The widely publicized theft had remained unsolved for a couple years. And then it was learned that an Italian maintenance worker tried to sell the painting. Um, His arrest provoked a second wave of publicity with images of the Mona Lisa being passed around. And when people started seeing it, they're going, oh, that's lovely. So the painting itself is common to represent what's considered Western culture, like it is Western culture. Um, Had it never been stolen, none of us would know about it. It just would have been an obscure Leonardo da Vinci canvas from the same period that hangs adjacent in other parts, in that spe- specific part of the Louvre. Which is a nice, it's a nice museum for the record. <laughs> you're saying, you, um, like Kim Kardashian apparently, the Mona Lisa is famous largely for being famous or ultimately infamous. As in the art world, so too is the world of work. Almost every career trajectory we follow entails a complex sequence of steps, each of which depends on the preceding it. So, and you can't go back in life and say, well, I wish I could. No, it's these teeny tiny little things that push you forward. Some of them are, you know, brought about by seemingly trivial random events. I remember when I was 16, 17, 18, my first couple jobs during summer breaks. I was probably curious about women, and I probably hated the man, you know, the boss. And I said to myself, I don't want to work for someone. I want to do this on my own. And I've been pretty lucky, mostly, to be able to say that I did that. Um, it was a random event, right? I basically was like I, I in my pursuit of women I decided that I didn't want to work for the man. I kinda of wanted my own freedom because otherwise I didn't have much to offer. Ooh ooh I need to see a therapist. Man do I need to see a therapist, right? But also like your date of birth, it can matter enormously. Children born in the summer tend to be amongst the youngest members of their class which appears to explain why they are significantly less likely to hold leadership positions during high school and thus less likely to land premium jobs later in life. So don't make babies in October. And you're saying, did he just say that? Yes. The best time to probably make babies is March because then your kid's going to get that late December birthday and they're going to be the oldest of everything they do. Maybe it's the oldest in sports. Maybe it's the oldest in their class. But I certainly wish I could go back to high school as an 18-year-old versus a 17-year-old when I was graduating. I graduated a very young 17. Um, and I think it's a bad thing. Like, if you have kids, I don't think I'd even push my kid through. If you get a chance to skip first grade or something like that, I, I don't think I'd do it. Being born in a good environment is, you know, also nice dimension of luck like i told you i i my parents expected me to go to college i've got a friend right now who she's lovely but she's putting her heart and soul into her kids like gymnastic career which if her kid doesn't go to the olympics i don't know if that was the best thing in the world i know you're saying but gymnastics pushes people's confidence well yeah she'll be able to hip-hop dance really well and maybe she'll be able to find whoever's out at hip hop bars and clubs as a husband. But uh, I'm not the I'm not. I think we as parents, and we as you know people, we make some decisions that really affect our children's lives enormously. Um, I loved swimming as a kid because I was away from my dad. My dad was this pretty bad alcoholic. I'm um, not physical but mental um, and I love swimming it's a solo event you know what I love doing now in my my age I love being by myself it's like swimming don't have to report to anyone you know what I like about my career I can kind of report to myself anyway just some things to think about when thinking about success merely promoting people to reflect on their lives is what I'm trying to push here and what you contribute the common good, sometimes lucky, and sometimes with just a, you don't even know why you're doing it. So, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, more, 800-516-1220 to get your calls to the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about.
1: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: If you were to add up everyone's credit card debt in the United States, just the United States, how much money do you think that would be? Question, question. Think about it. Think about it. $1 trillion. Not $1 billion, Not even $1 billion, but $1 trillion. People aren't exactly shying away from charging their purchases these days. That increase largely comes from, uh, from $1.02 trillion, up from $1 trillion. So a lot of consumer confidence. We're just shy of the all-time peak. Just shy of it. Increase largely sums up uh, the credit worthy consumers feeling a little less hesitant to take on debt. You know, we keep talking about the employment numbers, and people go, I I feel good about that. Anyhow, in any way, you can find me at Rob Black Show. Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, talk a little real estate, because I think real estate's on a lot of people's mind this time of the year. Joining me now, Tony Mendez. BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's done numerous loans for me, numerous refis. He's part of my team of people that I can go to to get financial solutions done for you, the individual. Let's talk a little arms today. Adjustable rate mortgages. Oh, boy, did I have a good run with adjustable rate mortgages in the 90s, where I think I got like a 9% adjustable rate mortgage that became an 8%, which became a 7%. which yep. became, They work great of, when their rates are going down. And so my monthly payment went from like $1,000 to $900 yeah. to $800. Like, I was like, woo go, 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 go. But that's when they're
3: on the way down, and we're already at really, really low rates. Right, and so what that means is that m- most people that are hearing this that have an arm are, if they are in their adjusting period, uh, their ra- their rates are going down. I, I think the li- one-year LIBOR is below 1%, and it's been below 1% for a long period of time which means that your margin, which is probably two and a quarter, uh, your rate is you know, below what you can get on a 30-year fixed. So you're sitting at super low rates, even below what everybody else is getting. It's great. And kind of what's interesting to note about what you're saying there is, remember the whole LIBOR
2: scandal where it's rigged? Yep. I don't know if that ever really made it to the attention or to the, the pocketbook of the average consumer using some sort of adjustable rate mortgage tied towards LIBOR. But they know in their head that adjustable-rate mortgages have some risk to them, more so than 30-year or 15-year.
3: Yeah, I think if anybody ever wants to get an arm, they want to check the history of okay. that index. And there's several different indexes that, that uh, a lender can offer on. Usually something like a portfolio a lender can use something off the wall. But the majority of, like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, they're going to use the one-year LIBOR, which means that let's say you get a five-year arm, which it's 30-year – amortization, it's a term of 30 years, after five years, uh, it becomes adjustable. Right. And it's going to adjust to that index plus your margin. And, um, you know, for a lot of people, it can make sense, Rob. Sure. Um, and you might hear me say that arms are great for uh, some people and not for others. That's because the people, most of the people back in 2007 were getting arms. The Usage of arms has dropped considerably. It was as high as 60%. Here in the Bay Area, and that's dropped considerably down to below 20% now. That's interesting. Um, but a lot of people that have to buy, that are buying these million dollar plus properties, it makes more sense to them to get an ARM. There's almost a one and a half percent difference between 30-year fixed jumbo and a five-year ARM. Right. And on a $800,000 mortgage, you're looking at over $1,000 a month difference just by getting one. So you just, it just adds up. So in five years, you're saving $60,000. So where does that not make sense? And then you just refinance into another arm. So there are people that are habitual arm users, right? and then there's people who use arms that just don't know what they're doing. And And, those are the people who should really be careful.
2: And what's interesting about that is, uh, in my opinion, that adjustable rate mortgages have their place, like in the final 10 years of my career, an adjustable rate mortgage makes sense because I don't plan, the day I retire is the day I plan on moving. Maybe not out of state, but definitely out of the home per se. Um, so as I get older, adjustable rate mortgages make a little bit more sense for the temporariness of where I'm living. When you're younger, adjustable rate mortgages make a lot of sense for the temporariness of where you possibly could be living. Uh, due to and and that's, the,
3: that's something that everybody should consider if they're short-term or they know the term in which they're going to stay in their house. And they can use a mortgage, like an, an ARM mortgage, to fit their schedule. Uh, another thing about an ARM, too, is that uh, people who get uh, periodic incomes okay. like using ARM's. Why? Because they, let's say you get a large bonus one year and the next year you don't and the next year you do. As you make principal payments on an arm, especially when it starts adjusting, your next payment will decrease based on the principal balance as opposed to a 30-year fixed where it never changes through the life of the loan, no matter how much you pay off. So there are some advantages for people that have those types of income scenarios. Sounds good. Anything else that we need to know about ARMS while discussing this with you? Be very careful. Um, understand the terms. It, it, look for prepays. The lenders can make a lot of money on you if they're adding prepays, um, but th- they're far and few in between nowadays, but be very careful. That's all I can say. Thanks very much.
2: You can find Tony Mendez, com. That's com. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can always find me online at robblack.com. Have you ever had that dream where you're like, you're eating your feet? You're like, whoa, where does this go? Well, Google's now hiring drivers for its self driving cars. How's that for a gig? How's that for a job, right? Um, Google's currently recruiting drivers, or should we call them riders, to hang out in its driverless cars in Arizona and monitor their progress. The vehicle safety specialist will walk away with a $20 an hour gig for basically listening to the radio? Um, Kinda. So you sit in a self-driving Lexus RX while it rolls around town. Of course, these new employees are expected to observe how the cars handle different situations and report their feedback to engineers to work on it. So if you have that degree in poetry or how shall we call it, 16th century English literature. This may be the job for you that you've been waiting for. Yes. Um, Elsewhere out there, just making a problem, in my opinion, kind of worse, a San Francisco startup's letting would-be tenants bid for apartments. It's a company called RentBerry, and it's an online price auction tool for long-term property rentals. It aims to compete with Craigslist and other quote-unquote kind of like Stone Age rental services. Essentially, they want to offer a more efficient, transparent application process, kind of like an eBay auction. Um, It's launching the service tomorrow in the Bay Area in New York. It offers free listings for landlords. So they intend to charge tenants a flat fee of $25 when the agreement is signed. After the business is established in six months or so, Rentberry may require landlords to make monthly payments of one-quarter of the extra rental income that the service generated for them, which I could already tell you landlords to be like, screw that. They don't really want to do that. Right? Well, you know, I can do this on my own with Craigslist. So if a property was listed for $2,000 a month and was auctioned off for 2075, the landlord would pay rent Barry, of the $75 difference, which is $18.75 for as long as that tenant keeps the apartment. And then you get into this relationship of how are they going to know how long the tenants there and not and such like that. This is one of those Silicon Valley solutions to a problem that really, in my opinion, doesn't exist. I don't think we need an online auction place for apartments. Just my opinion. Although I do think we need self driverless cars, something sounds fantastic about not having to pay attention while you drive um it could be me but that sounds fantastic um elsewhere out there you know if you look at california and the problems that we're having it's because we need more homes built but where do you put them so just a basically essentially a decade now after california's housing market crashed and that resulted in massive foreclosures ten years ago and dramatic declines in home values. Today we face a very different problem. Of instead of the easy loans, we just don't have enough houses out there. Supply is low, demand is high. Home prices continue to rise because of that. The California average home now uh, is priced at four hundred fifty thousand dollars. I know you're saying, in my neighborhood they'll give me a shack, or in, that, in my neighborhood they'll give me a, I can live in someone's backyard in a tent. That's twice, though, the national average in order to meet the demand for housing to make homes more affordable. California developers are going to have to build millions of new homes, a million in L.A. just alone. You know, the problems are, are pretty tantamount huge for people who want homes but can't afford the average home. I think the real solution right now is to remove unreasonable restrictions on building homes. Um, more lead paint, more of the time. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But you got to keep in mind that California burdens home builders by placing roadblocks in the form of stifling environmental regulation. When I was faced with a situation of buying a home, I'm like, should I should I release like a super rare cockroach found only in the Philippines at like Bay Meadows? because it used to be a racetrack and they're building homes on it now and that whole area that they're building homes on it's a huge area that's being developed if i released one super rare cockroach from the philippines maybe the developers won't be able to build and therefore there won't be more homes if there's not more homes there's not more supply if there's not more supply and the demand stays good then my home goes up and value. like whoa anyhow love you kisses <laughs> no i'm not that guy i still feel weird hugging and kissing people i barely or rarely know and friends ah. i'm just not a comfortable huggy touchy i'm not going to i'm not going to staff the hugging booth if you know what i'm saying you can find me online at roblox show twitter roblox show youtube roblox show
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Switching songs, spread my bones, but bullet holes, you know they can't hurt me. And it's a bird
2: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, 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 and much, much more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I try to hit topics like retirement and estate planning and taxes and finances and insurance and homes and mortgages and financial planning. Um, I try to hit like some of the bigger issues. On occasion, I take a bullet shot and I try to hit some smaller issues. Like today, German drug maker Bayer is bidding $122 a share to try to buy the seeds and chemical company called Monsanto. Deals worth a total of $62 billion. On one hand, you can look at a Monsanto and say they make genetically modified seeds. And we don't know what that's going to do. There's not enough research to say that we won't get cancer or grow a third arm or that corn will eventually become extinct because we try to modify it, or the modified seeds will attack the regular seeds and blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, we know that we're living in a world that has less water, or it's being distributed unevenly. Yellow fever is going to be a major problem this year in Africa. I know you're saying, I don't care. It's Africa. Africa's got problems, right? Right. We are the world,
1: we are the children, we are the ones who make a better place for
2: Ethiopia is going to, you're going to see Sally Struthers on late night TV again talking about starving Ethiopians. Ethiopia is going into a bad, bad drought. And as Sam Kinison once said, it's the desert. Oh, 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 oh move! You can't grow stuff in the desert! Well, Monsanto can't. So their seeds are use less water, or need less water, or can persist in drought environments. So I don't know if there's a right answer, and that's I'm gonna leave that up to you. I've got a friend who lives on my street named Mike, and he is socially so much smarter than me, and and I'm and maybe he knows more about catching fish, and maybe he knows more about you know putting in a rock garden than I do. I'm not going to come up with the answer on Monsanto, good or bad. I'm going to tell you about it. And I'll tell you about their numbers. I hate cancer. I know you're saying, you should get a t-shirt that says that I should. My dad died from cancer. Cancer-related problems. Got into his brain, started in his lungs. He died way too young. He didn't see my sister have two kids. Um, my sister was his jewel. I know you're saying, you have daddy issues, don't you? <laughs> I don't. Uh, that's, I have, that's why I have issues. My issues are that I don't have daddy issues, and I probably should. I am a robot. Schlumberger, as some idiots in media refer to it as Schlumberger. Goldman Sachs added the oil field services company to its conviction buy list, saying its Schlumberger is the best position in the current oil market. They're seeing 29% upside. Now, you know last year was bad on oil. Last year, you saw oil basically turn into like uh, It would be like going to the bathroom and sitting on the toilet for like 52 weeks. That's what oil was last year. And every company that sold oil or looked for oil or transported oil got hit with an ugly stick. But not with just an ugly stick. It's like they climbed to the t- these companies climbed to the top of the tree. Then fell down and hit every branch, not knowing they were in the ugly tree. So Goldman Sachs is saying is their best idea. Twenty nine percent upside. That is not gonna happen. Not gonna not gonna, not gonna happen. Not go not, not gonna not gonna happen in the regular markets. Freeport, MacMoran, and Copper. Freeport, McMurray, and Copper and Gold, excuse me, uh, has withdrawn its plans for an initial public offering of its oil and gas business. The unit first filed for the IPO back in June of 2015, but a 24% drop in oil prices since then has severely cut valuations for it, and they don't want to come up with it. Lending Club, one of, this, one of those peer-to-peer things that you need to stay away from until it's no longer the wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. What's up with that movie? Is that not one of the worst movies of all time? Can we not say Will Smith is one of the worst actors of all time? Or do we like him because he's got charisma? And then he goes, I am Will Smith! <clears throat> I know you're saying, "You stick to what you know, Rob. Will Smith is incredibly talented. No, no, Will Smith is not. I find he plays the same character, just in different titles. So Linden Club has hired... used to help it find investors for loan funding. After a scandal that led to the departure of its online lender's CEO at Lending Club, some of the company's largest investors halted purchases of its loans. So they're in the business of lending, but they don't have anyone who wants to lend. Mm, That's not good, right? You can figure that out on your own, probably. Boeing won an $11.3 billion jet order from Vietnam's Vietjet, <clears throat> a deal signed by President Barack Obama. We know that President Barack Obama has said, hey, Vietnam, if you want to buy big weapons from us, that's cool. And now Boeing wins an $11.3 billion order? Is that, yeah, they work in common. Sometimes you have to tell a country, like, you know, we know China's close to you, and we know that freaks you out, so we'll give you weapons, even though that's going to piss China off, but... Hey, look, we just got an $11.3 billion order for an American company's products. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.